Your fever is high and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on while she's sneezing, coughing, and aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us. Trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues and teas to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect coworker. Worker of yours. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Hey, it's T. Sparky. Five for 55 past the hour. Time for another Milwaukee Sports Time Out. Talk about NFL draft with our guy Ian Cummings from Pro Football Network. We broadcast from the Wendy Studio. Hey, baby, Strawberry Frosties are back. That's right. They debuted last summer, and they're back again this summer. It's Strawberry Frosty season at Wendy's. That means you can get sweet strawberry goodness on those hot summer days when you don't want to leave the house. Go on. Treat yourself. Even if it means canceling plans. Trust us. It's worth it. It's like a summer flay, and this treat is leaving after summer ends. There's no excuse not to treat yourself to this sweet strawberry frosty while they're here. Limited time only at participating Wendy's. And joining us now, he is Ian Cummings. Follow him on Twitter at IC underscore draft, NFL draft analyst for Pro Football Network. Talk all things regarding the Packers draft, including a drusher first round pick, Lucas Van Ness. Ian, what do you think of him? Yeah, for sure. I think uh, that was one of the first round prospects that, you know, you kind of circled heading in as like, this is a guy that the Packers probably could target, right? You know, looking at what they traditionally prefer on the edge, bigger, more athletic guys. That's what they took with Rashawn Gary, and that's worked out well for them. So I look at Lucas Van Ness, you know, he had some similar qualities. 6'5", 272, 34-inch arms, around a 4'5", 8'40-yard dash to the NFL Combine. So you go down the checklist, and he's got all the physical tools, right? He's got length. He's got incredible power capacity with his burst and length combined. But then at the same time, too, I think for a taller guy, he's very natural when it comes to rolling his hips through rushes and playing with proper pad level and leverage. Uh, he's a little raw from a hand usage perspective, right? Yep. you got to keep building that up. But he, he's still very young, only 21 years old. Uh, he's, he's, he's still got a long way to go, a long uh, distance on his developmental track. So that's something that gives me confidence. I think right out of the gate, too, he can be alignment versatile. You can play him outside the tackle. You can play him head up at five seconds. You can even rotate him inside if you want to. You know, I think there's a lot of different ways to use him. You know, ideally, you know, down the line, he'll be that big edge who can generate pressure with his hands. You know, and be more than a power rusher. But all the physical tools are there. He's still very young. I think you know the upside is ultimately what drives his pick, and I think it's it's a very uh, a very strong bet. For those of us that aren't experts like yourself. Uh, and we get the draft guides and we read the scouting reports on all these websites and so forth about these different guys. When you read something on an edge rusher 
Is there something you look at that you go, okay, well, he doesn't have this, and you're not going to coach that up, so I'm going to pass from that perspective. Because when you talk about Van Ness, he's more of a bull rusher more than he is uh, a guy that has all these different pass rushing moves necessarily at this point, but obviously that can be coached up. Are there certain things that you look at, and if they don't have X, you're staying away from them? Yeah, I mean, not necessarily stay away from them entirely. You know, I try to stay flexible. You know, as a media scout, you know, you want to be flexible. But other teams might have that, you know, where, where if the prospect doesn't have bend or for some, for an example, if you're a 3-4 team that employs a lot of stand-up edge rushers, right, more like rush linebackers, you want them to have a certain amount of bend, right, or hip flexibility. So if they don't have that, that's something that could preclude you from picking them. I try to be flexible, like they can compensate in other areas, like, you know, I might not expect an elite power rusher to have elite flexibility if he can drive through you, right? So it's one of those things where there's many different ways to win. Uh, but one thing that Van Ness has, and I mentioned it earlier, but I'll go into more depth with it, is the uh, leverage acquisition is what I like to call it. You know, I think pad level is so important for edge rushers and defensive linemen in general. You know, working in the trenches, it's it's a battle of leverage. It really is. You know, when at, at immediate contact, working through the apex, you need to make sure that you can get under your guy, maintain balance while working past them, right? You know, while using your hands in rapid succession, right? So you know, I think Lucas Van Ness, for as raw as he is from the hand usage perspective, you know, he has at least shown that it's very natural for him, sinking his pads, acquiring proper leverage, and playing low. You know, being six foot five, you know, Tyree Wilson, Texas Tech, for instance, you know, as good as he is, you know, and he is very good as a prospect. But there are some times where he fails to load his base properly. He'll play a little too tall in contact, and that can cause rushes to stall out. So, you know, with Van Ness, I think, you know, managing your leverage while staying active, while staying on the move upfield, you know, is such an underrated component of an edge rusher's profile, right? So if he has that at least, you know, that's something that's, it, to me, it's kind of a, a safe a safeguard for his development, right? It's something that he can continue to build on. You know, something that will help expedite his growth as a hand as a hand fighter. So, you know, it's something like that, right? You know, if I had to pick one, there's others too. You know, like I think just the baseline physical traits. Like for me personally, if I'm going to draft you at a certain point, round one or round two or round three, you know, you need to be explosive enough. You need to have, you know, enough power capacity, you know, enough size, right? You know, there there's certain aspects of it where if a player is undersized enough, you know, it could drop him down the board. But, you know, beyond having the baseline tools, I think proper leverage acquisition is a very important one because it's it's really tough to get on the fly. And for a player like Van Ness, it comes to so naturally, you know, I think it's a very valuable thing for his growth. So are you a big believer in these uh, RAS scores, R-A-S scores? I think it's, what is it, relative athletic score or something like that it stands for? Yeah. Uh, Colts, uh, obviously, uh, seemingly drafting guys pretty much all around nines. Packers have been a big proponent as well. How much do you rely on that? Yeah, you know, I think it's valuable for sure. And i got to give a shout-out to the guy who engineered it, Kent Lee Platty. Uh, Math, Math Bomb. On Twitter. Yep. Uh, yeah, he's... He's a great guy. He's a great guy. He's actually the engineer of our mock draft simulator, so we're always working with him on that. He's a, he's a great guy, you know. And I think the RAS system is very valuable, you know. I think especially for projecting, you know, just true athleticism, right? You know, like one thing I do think, you know, you need to decouple it and look at the tape. You always need to cross check the tape. That's my thing, you know. Like a, a guy like Dewan Jones, for instance, Ohio State. You know, if he's six foot eight, three seventies, he's going to get all tens for his size, right? That's going to drive his grade up. But looking, but going back to the leverage battle, right? You know that size actually makes it makes it harder for him to acquire leverage sometimes. So you know sometimes pure size doesn't always work in a prospect's favor, right? But you know at the same time there are guys who maybe show better testing athleticism than athleticism on tape, or guys who show more functional athleticism than they test with. Christopher Smith, Georgia safety, 
uh, from this past cycle is a good example of that from my perspective. He was a guy who, on tape, I was I was a big fan of him. You know, I think he had enough speed, enough explosiveness, really fluid. But then he ended up testing very poorly. So it's one of those things where, at the end of the day, you do have to cross-check with the tape and corroborate with the tape and confirm or deny what you see, you know, based on the RAS scores. But I do think, you know, it's, it's an important part of the puzzle. As with any part of the puzzle, you need to understand that it's only a piece. It's not the full thing. Uh, so you need to properly contextualize it. But I like to work with it, right? You know, it's not something I'm not going to rule out all players under an eight, right? You know, it's, you have to cross-check every single one with the tape. But it can help you. It, it can help guide you to the players with the most upside for sure. Let's talk about the Packers' day two picks. Compare, contrast for me, if you could, sir. Luke Musgrave, the tight end out of Oregon State, and Tucker Kraft, the tight end out of South Dakota State. Absolutely, absolutely. That was a fun tight end duo. I was I was really excited for them to get that one because I think those are two. They were both in my day two range. I I actually had Tucker Kraft graded higher on my board, uh, interestingly enough. So to get him in round three, I thought was very very impressive. Uh, really great value deal. Uh, Luke Musgrave is your vertical theme threat. I mean, this is a guy who's one of the most explosive athletes at his size, six foot six, two fifty. Uh, he's a he's a long striding athlete with elite burst upfield. You know, he's a guy who can you know not only explode upfield into seams, but also use his long strider athleticism and ankle flexion to kind of sear through blind spots. You know, and kind of get open that way. Uh, he's got great reach. He's got great instincts beyond his frame. He can clap catch it at sometimes. You know, I think he can clean up his hand technique a little bit more. But I think you're working with an elite receiving upside tight end. And I think that's what you're getting with him. The vertical threat, you know, he's a guy who can stretch the field and really just out-muscle, outsize defensive backs. Um, being that verticality piece, I think is a very valuable thing. He's not a great blocker yet. I do think he at least has willingness. But I do think technically he has a lot of work to do. You know, I think he can, can get stronger at the point of attack, too. So he's more of your receiving tight end. He's your receiving tight end. You're going to split him out. Uh, you're going to get him into space, let him use that explosiveness to his, to his benefit and stretch the field and kind of spread out the rest of the offense, too. Uh, Tucker Kraft, to me, is the more complete tight end, I think. Uh, and he's actually an underrated athlete for his size. He's six foot five, two fifty five. 255. Uh, he tested very well athletically. It shows up on tape. He's another guy who's got good speed. Uh, up this team, he's got really good burst, pretty solid smoothness and agility as an athlete, uh, flexibility as well. I think his utility as a receiver is more underneath. He's a guy who can separate on quick slants and, you know, get out in open field quickly on drag routes too. You get him the ball in, in space and he's got really good contact balance and leg churn, physicality as well. I think he's one of the better run after catch tight ends, right? So you can kind of see a, a pattern here where, you know, if you go in a one-two set, you know, one-two personnel, you know, you go with Musgrave, stretching up the seam, uh, trapped underneath them as a rack threat, you know, that's, that can be a good duo for you. And I think they kind of play off each other well in that aspect. But I think Kraft also gives you much better blocking ability. You know, out in space, you can block in space, you can block in line, very physical finisher. He can drive through blocks, very good at maintaining leverage again. You know, he's got really good strength at the point too. So I think Kraft is your more complete tight end, and I actually think he's a very good athlete too. But their athletic skill sets, their styles play off of each other so well. I think it could be a really good uh, component for this offense. The other pick on day two was Jaden Ray, the wide receiver from Michigan State. Wasn't on my radar. I haven't watched Big Ten football. Uh, I was more enamored, I guess, with Jalen Hyatt, who obviously wasn't the Packers pick. Uh, but then you watch Jaden Reed highlight tapes, because uh, that's really what you have to watch at this point on the internet. Uh, and you become more impressed with Jaden Reed the more you watch. But again, those are the good plays. You don't really see the bad plays. Yeah, for sure. With with any prospect, you have to you know go beyond the highlights, right? Because they do only isolate the good plays for you. So you know it, it's it's a fun process and in depth because of that reason, right? You know, I think there is a place for watching highlights if you want to see a prospect's absolute ceiling. 
but you know if you want to get a full a full picture you know it's, it's tough to replace the, the actual film but you know going to these guys yeah Jaden reed was not really on my radar for packers pick either because they generally prefer bigger receivers dense more dense receivers you know we're talking six foot over 200 pounds right you know good length as well you know maybe over 32 inch arms right you know romeo dobbs Christian Watson were both guys who fit that profile last cycle, but I actually really like the idea of putting Jaden Reed in that offense. And he actually graded higher than Jalen Hyatt for me. You know, I think Hyatt was a lot more productive this past year, but Jaden Reed to me is a more complete receiver within that mold. I think, you know, 5'11", 191, a little undersized, right? And that kind of shows up. And that's why I wasn't sure the Packers would consider him. But, you know, I think especially if you want to get him in the slot, I think he has the versatility to play the slot or the boundary but uh, he's an explosive athlete who's got very good foot speed, very good vertical speed as well. He can stack uh, defensive backs very easily. He's got a full re- release package to offset and then stack, but then down the field too, he's got the speed to separate and very good ball tracking ability, very good body control and hand-eye coordination. That's one of the strongest strongest traits of his on tape, actually. Uh, I think he drew, I don't remember the exact number on hand, but I think he drew over a dozen pass interference penalties, or at least close to it this past season. So he's a guy who, you know, even at his size, is very, he's a bit, he's a lot to uh, handle for defensive backs. He's a big uh, challenge for them at the catch point. He's so good at contorting, getting into the proper positioning and converting on those plays. So, you know, I think his contested catch ability is underrated, but he's also got the natural athleticism, the nuance to separate independently. He's a pretty slippery rack threat too. Uh, so I think get him the ball in space and he can keep his legs churning. Uh, I think he's a very, very solid uh, wide receiver three, you know, or you can move him to the boundary and be a wide receiver two. I think he's got great things in store because of that complete skill set. You know, Jalen Hyatt to me, at a little bit better 60-yard speed. You know, if he has space to work with, that full runway, he can be dominant. But I do think Jaden Reed, you know, short, showed more in the way of, you know, winning through contact when he encountered it, uh, route variability as well. Uh, so I think having that versatile threat, that dynamic threat in that offense, I think it could be a great thing for Jordan Love. Two more questions for you. Uh, the next, uh, compare contrast, the two defensive linemen, Packers ended up taking Colby Wood and the defensive lineman from Auburn in the fourth. And Carl Brooks, who, if I remember correctly, the defensive tackle from Bowling Green, there were a lot of people upset that he didn't get an invite to the combine, especially after how good he looked senior week. Yeah, yeah. Those are two who are very, you know, I think the the theme with both of them is alignment versatility, right? And it's interesting because Colby Wood, you can tell he's alignment versatile just by looking at him. Uh, you know, six foot four, 286, I want to say, you know, near 33 inch arms. So he's one of those guys who, you know, I think he compares very favorably to the Bears' free agent signing, Rasheem Green, uh, this past year. You know, I think Kobe Wooden and Rasheem Green, if I remember correctly, he had five sacks in 20, five or six sacks this past year. And Kobe Wooden, you know, kind of fits that profile. A guy who can play five tech or three tech, maybe even shade, you know, above one tech in NASCAR fronts, too, if you want him to go there. He can be a big edge for you. You know, he's athletic enough to kind of rotate in behind Rashawn Gary and Van Ness, too. So, you know, I think putting him at three tech, five tech, Wherever you can put him, you know, he can play all those spots. Explosive athlete. Uh, he's a finesse athlete for his size. And I think the smoothness is underrated for him, but he's got great agility. Very good at driving power again, but he's also got active hands too. He can stack chops, clubs, rips. You know, he's a very refined player for his for his age, but then athletic enough to be versatile. I'm a big fan of Colby Wooden. You know, I had him just outside the top 100 for me. So I think getting him in that range is a great value and he can be a really good glue guy for you. Carl Brooks, man, he's, he's interesting though, because you wouldn't really expect him to be as versatile as he is for, you know, at his frame. He's around 6'3", 300 pounds. So he's kind of tailor-made for that three-tech role on the surface, right? It's kind of, you know, if you look at him first glance, like that's where I would put him. But he can actually, a lot of his work at Bowling Green was, was at five-tech or outside the tackle, you know? So he's 
athletic enough to do that, fluid enough to do that, active hands. I think he had 11 sacks this past year. So another guy who is very productive rushing the passer. I think Colby Wooden is a little bit better against the run, right? He's very good at acquiring leverage, very flexible. He can pry through gaps, but also get under you and kind of hold the line. Uh, but I think both of those guys, they provide alignment versatility. They provide enough athleticism and size to work with. And I think at the end of the day, you know, getting those kinds of guys in your rotation can be a very good thing for your malleability down the road. One last one for you. I was going to get to the Badger uh, players that got picked, but we're going we're to run out of time on that one. But the one player that I didn't like that they took, the rest of them I'm fine with. Uh, I didn't like the Sean Clifford pick, the quarterback from Penn State. Uh, in round five, my my cohort, I my curtain long podcast, Ryan Horvat hated it more than I did. Uh, your thoughts on the Sean Clifford pick to be the backup quarterback to Jordan Love? Yeah, you know, I think the rest of the class was good enough that I can overlook it because you know I think you did need a backup quarterback at the end of the day, and we knew they were going to pick someone. Would I have taken Sean Clifford that high? No, I wouldn't. Have. I think he did have a case to be drafted in round seven, or round six, right? You know, round five maybe a little too rich. There were a lot of good players left. But I will, I will give this to Clifford. He is a very underrated athlete. He can actually create. Uh, he can actually, you know, kind of evade tacklers and get out in space. He's actually very composed in the pocket as well. Pocket navigation is a strength for him. Uh, and I think that alone provides a good foundation as a backup. Uh, now, and he, he's got experience too. Uh, you get into the weeds and it starts to get a little less uh, glittery for you. You know, he's not super accurate. He's not a great decision maker, right? You know, but I think he's efficient enough to work a quick game. Uh, I would have picked other quarterbacks on the board at that point, but you know, you got to get a guy. He's athletic at least. You know, he's, he's yeah, it's tough, right? Because I can understand it. Not the guy I would have picked, but it, at that point, round five, you know, you're going to pick someone. So I'm not going to knock him too much for it. I think they compensated with value at other spots. He is Ian Cummings. Check him out, NFL Draft Analyst at ProFootballNetwork.com. Follow him on Twitter at IC underscore draft. He was phenomenal. Ian, thanks so much for coming on, man. Appreciate it. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. 
Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.